0: Well, before I get into my message, I just want to pray. So everyone, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you are getting ready to move in the hearts of every man and every woman in this place, God. I pray you open up their hearts, open up their minds to be able to receive what you have for us today, God. That every seed that is sown, God, will reap a harvest in their life. And we just thank you. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. It's Connect Sunday, guys. Connect Sunday. And uh, for me, I, I love Connect Sundays. I actually think this is probably one of the most important times of the year for our church. It is. And um, Lori and I have been able to lead Connect groups, be part of Connect Groups. And it's, they're so much fun. So much, so much fun. They're uh, full of great God experiences and great fun experiences. And this is actually what I told our youth going up to summer camp. We were on the bus, and I told them, "Hey, we're getting ready to go up to summer camp. It's going to be full of good, great God experiences and great fun experiences." And I told them, "I said, don't allow anything to get in the way of you having those great God experiences and fun experiences." And that's exactly what Connect Group's all about—having fun. This life as a believer, it's—we're meant to have fun. We're not meant to have these boring lives. And actually, (laughs) it's—it's a life of faith. It's a life of of excitement. And that's what God has for each and every one of us here today. And it was actually connection that really kept God's planet here. Uh, Before walking, it's been over more than four years now since we first walked into these doors, but we weren't looking, uh, I wasn't looking for for another church. Maybe my wife was, I don't know. I think she was. (laughs) But I had no plans to ever leave my, my former church. I was already a believer, had been walking with Jesus for over a decade already, and but when I got in here, I, I, I sent sensed something different here in this place. Something really different. And that's exactly what it was. It was those connections that changed things. It was about a month in, a month in since we had been attending this church. And uh, the previous campus pastor, Pastor Irma, was preaching a message on friendship. So that's why I think it's, it's, it's crazy how four years later, my first message here on a Sunday is about Friendships. Because that's really what changed things and shifted things in our life. It was a message on friendships. And at the end of the, uh, of the sermon, Pastor Emma says, Hey, if there's anyone here that wants friendships in their life, go ahead and stand up. Stand up. And my wife is next to me and she gets up and I'm thinking, what's going on? This this has to be a God thing. It takes some courage to stand up. And anyone that knows Lori, she's doesn't like being in the spotlight, she likes to be behind the scenes on things. And So I knew God was moving in that moment. It was so powerful. And literally within a month or so, uh, Cherish Conference was coming up just like it is now. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up because there's some powerful anointed speakers on that lineup. Uh, But it was a Cherish that she went to where, um, and, and here's the thing, we were married three years. We were married three years, but the thing that we lacked in our marriage was other married couples. We had a lot of single friends, uh, but we felt like we needed couples around us, people who knew what we were going through in marriage, and we just didn't, didn't have that. We didn't have that. So that was one of the things that, that we were seeking and, and hoping to find here here at this church. So when my, my wife attends church conference, she um, ends up seeing some group of girls, and she just goes, hey, can I sit with you? She went by herself, and from that point on, she made friendships you know, but, but those friends actually became family to us, so we do life with them. And there's not a lot of people that could say, hey, I do life with these people. These are friends that are actually family to me. So I just want to encourage you guys to, to, to sign up for a connect, because God got something here for each and every one of us. Come on. So the title of my message today is Good Company. Good Company. There it is. Oh, man, that's a pretty cool slide. I didn't draw that up myself. That's, that's pretty good. So good company. And I want to share three thoughts around good company. Three thoughts. So we just recently had the Olympics, right? And in the Olympics, one of my favorite events was the women's 400-meter hurdle. And there's two women in that event, two USA women that were favored to, to win this. One of them was Delilah Muhammad, and the other one was Sydney McLaughlin. And you guys might know that name, Sydney McLaughlin, because she went, like, kind of viral on a post she made prior to the Olympics. She broke the world record during the trials. And uh, I just want to read. I I thought this was awesome, but she posted something. I want to read it real quick just so you guys kind of know, get a little glimpse into who who she is. But she said, I could feel this meet was going to be something special. But, man, weeks like these are some of the hardest in a track athlete's life. The mental strain of preparing for the rounds in order to solidify your spot is heavy enough. But the amount of weight the Lord took off my shoulders is a reason I could run so freely yesterday. My faith was being tested all week from bad practices to three false start delays to, to a meet delay. I just kept hearing God say, just focus on me. It was the best race plan I could ever assembled. I no longer run for self-recognition but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. (laughs) Records come and go, but the glory of God is eternal. Thank you, Father. Come on. What a word. I mean, I couldn't have written that any better. That is amazing. That is powerful. So, I already had a, I, of course I wanted this girl to win. The other girl is USA, yeah, that's fine. You know, she's repping USA, that's cool. But this girl's repping the kingdom too. So come on. <laughs> repping the kingdom. My first point is good friends sharpen. Good friends sharpen. And that comes from Proverbs 27, 17. So this is the word I kept hearing that the commentator said before the, before the actual race started. The commentators kept mentioning, oh, iron sharpens iron. And I'm thinking, okay, during an interview, she must have said this before, of how iron sharpens iron. Because they kept repeating it. And I'm like, this girl probably doesn't even know she's quoting scripture right now. <laughs> so, so right away I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is good. So the race starts. Delilah Muhammad, for those who don't know, this girl was a world champion previously. She was a gold medalist, previous record holder up until a couple weeks before the Olympics, before Sydney broke that record. So she was kind of like the favorite up there, but Sydney was like the next up-and-coming, like the rising star. So as the race starts, and and the thing about it is that the track is like an oval, so like all the lanes are offset. So right away, I'm seeing Delilah Muhammad. It looks like she's like 30 yards up in front. I'm like, I just don't understand track. (laughs) So it looks like she's getting smoked, and I'm like, oh, Lord, man. I had to pray for her real quick. (laughs) So, so... As, as as they're racing, Sydney Sydney's off to a great start, but right uh, right at the end, um, is a straightaway, and Sydney just turns up the gears, and she ends up passing up uh, passing Delilah, winning it. They both ended up breaking the record; they both broke broke the record in in that moment, which was amazing, amazing. I, I just want to you could hit the hit the clip and show show everyone. Delighted to have both of them with
1: us this morning here in Tokyo, Sydney, Delilah. Good morning to both of you. The proud of New York, proud of New Jersey. How we feeling? Good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good. A little tired. A little bit. I would imagine <laughs> so. Sydney, not only are you the youngest person uh, to ever medal in the in the 400 meter, I mean, the fastest time in Olympic history. I mean, as you were out there, as you were running, was there a point where you realized, oh wait a minute? I've never done it this fast before. (laughs) You know, I know that every single time the two of us step on the track, it's going to be something fast, so you're always prepared for it, and uh, it's just one of those special moments that you really can't plan for. Delilah, there there has been a fair amount made of this this new American rivalry between the two of you, this idea that iron sharpens iron. Is it a a legitimate rivalry? I mean, do, do both of you make each other better when you're out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Someone put into perspective to me that the four times that we competed, we got four world records. So it's definitely iron sharpening iron.
0: <laughs> definitely iron sharpening iron. That's incredible that every time they've raced against each other, they've actually broken a record. Like, you don't hear that. That's, I don't think that's ever been done like that. So, I mean, that's powerful. But just the fact that they understand that, that they make each other better, actually. When people are looking at them, oh, they want this to be some kind of rivalry, arch nemesis type thing. And they're just saying, you know what? When we get on the track, we make each other better. So the thoughts around that is who in your life makes you better? Do you have good friends that sharpen you? Do you have good friends that sharpen you? I mean, nothing is more worse than, than a dull knife. And I don't know if you guys ever have dealt with this, but in our home, we have. So it's a struggle. So good thing we threw that away when we moved. But we had these knives that couldn't even cut a tomato. It might as well have been a hammer because that's how bad it was. That's how horrible it was. But I like to say this. Anyone that's married knows this, is that nobody sharpens you like your spouse. Nobody sharpens you like your spouse. They know the, they know the ins and outs. They know the highs, the lows, the bads, the goods. They know everything, everything about you. And I'm right here doing this message. And I already know my wife probably got some some good uh, good critique for me already. <laughs> That's how she is. She makes me better. She makes me better, and I'm thankful for it. But do you have friends that that sharpen you up? Do you have a good friend that sharpens you? And recently in July, we just went through the craziest month, probably the busiest month we've ever experienced, honestly, in my whole life. Um, Lori had just started the internship. And as you guys know, we're leading the youth. (laughs) We're, We're also, you know, leading the youth as well. And during this month, we had the two biggest youth events of the year. We had our youth conference and we had our summer camp, okay? And we had a move out of our house, and we have a little baby. So, I mean, throw that in the mix, and it's, it's pretty hard to do. So craziness, craziness going on. And um, my friend, my friend Luis, tells me at the beginning of the month, he's like, hey, let's start fasting. Let's start fasting every week. And I'm like, okay, let's do this, okay. And anybody that knows me, I love to eat. So it, I don't take that lightly when you say don't eat no food. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Fasting is real. Fasting is real. And I want to just debunk some things around this because fasting is actually should be a normal part of your, your life as a believer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 says this. Jesus says, when you fast. When you fast. Not if you fast. If you feel like fasting, maybe it's an option. No, he says when you fast. And he says don't be like the hypocrites who, who disfigure their face. They look all somber like, oh, look at me. I'm fasting. I'm so cool. I'm so extra spiritual. You know, don't, don't do that when you fast. Don't do that. He says, throw some water in your face, put some oil on your head. And what the father sees you do in secret, he will reward you for it. He will reward you for that. So my friend Luis, he challenged me to fast and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I'm thankful for that because during that month I needed to to, to be fasting. I needed to be plugged in to what God was doing in the moment because of the craziness that was around us. I had to be spiritually sensitive to what God wanted to do in those moments. And we are supposed to live our lives fixed on the unseen. As believers, we're supposed to fix our eyes on the unseen. We're supposed to live by faith, not by sight, not be moved by what we see. So we have to be aware spiritually what's going on in our lives. Because if you're not, you can easily be taken out or swayed away and not be affected for the kingdom of God. So we do that all month in July. We do the the one-day fast. And then recently he's like, okay. Let's do three days now. And I'm like, okay, three days, okay, we just got done doing one day. And he's like, no food, no water. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a good one, right? Just like in the book of Esther, no food, no water fast. <laughs> hey, but that fast shifted things for the Jews. It did. There was a decree sent out that was supposed to slaughter them all. But Esther told him, hey, fast. Don't, don't eat nothing. Don't drink anything. And as if you know the story, later on, that, that decree gets cut down. The power of fasting. The first day I'm fasting, I get a call from Pastor Mike saying, hey, can you preach? Can you preach on Sunday? That was one door, God. And look, at, I don't have a vault of a bunch of messages that I'm just going to pull out. I'm, okay, man, perfect. I got, I got 200 messages right here, and I'm ready to pick any of them. So, man, best believe I'm relying on a word from God. <laughs> I'm relying on a word from God. So... <laughs> I say this, uh, so that was the, the, the first day of my fast. The second day, I meet with Enrique, and we have just an amazing conversation. Uh, it was an open door where God allowed me to, to speak to him and encourage him, and we encouraged each other. It was powerful. That's my second day of the fast. And then my third day on the fast, I get a random phone call from a pastor friend of mine who works on my department. And uh, he calls me, and he says, hey, I think it would be great um, teaching at the police academy. And this is a separate, like, employment um and and it's an opportunity to make really really good money and he's like i see things in you that that i know you would be great for sometimes you got to trust in what other people see about you when they're led by the spirit of god when they're led by the spirit of god those are doors that can open that god will take you into a place that you never even seen or imagined for yourself and that's where growth comes from that's how god operates So that's what happened. And and I thank God for a friend like that who sharpened me up. Because honestly, if I didn't have a friend like that, I I probably wouldn't have fasted, to be honest. And those doors might have not opened. It was just saying yes. That's my first thought. That's my first point around this. My second one is good friends, good character. Good friends, good character. What does that look like? The scripture should be going up. Um, that scripture that says, you know, bad company corrupts good character. What does good company look like? What does good character even look like? Have you ever thought about that? And in my career, I spent almost eight years now dealing a lot with people with bad character. Let's just be honest. It's law enforcement. There's no way around it. Uh, people who make bad decisions, it's inevitable. So I'm going to name this guy, there's many people I've dealt, like, uh, dealt with like this, but I'm just going to give him a name named Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy likes to hang out at the corner liquor store with, you know, on a daily, 20 to 10 to 20 gangsters all the time at this liquor store. Selling drugs, we have tons of shootings there, we have tons of stabbings, we have prostitution. This is going on all the time. This is not like, a, this is frequent. And all the time I see Jimmy hanging out with these guys. Now, I've had different interactions with Jimmy. i probably pulled him over like four times. And a few of these times, he's been leaving this area. What do you think Jimmy is probably doing? Jimmy's wearing the same colors, the same gang colors, and all that. So when I stop Jimmy, walk up to his window, he says, Why are you harassing me? Okay. (laughs) Why am I harassing you? Okay. He starts telling me of like... Pretty much saying, hey, I have good character. I'm good. You know, I don't do anything wrong. It's you're the problem. You're the one that's wrong, not me. Okay. So, Jimmy, (laughs) you have a victim mentality, and as long as you have that victim mentality, you're never gonna be able to rise above your circumstances. I'm like, okay, you gotta understand that first, Jimmy. And then I tell Jimmy, I'm like, hey, bad company corrupts good character. I don't have to squ- uh, quote the scripture. I, that's just the word of God. It, bad company corrupts good character, Jimmy. What do you think I'm going to do when I see you leaving this area? I'm going to assume you probably have drugs, probably have a gun on you, probably doing something illegal. So I'm going to pull you over and check. That's part of my job. So he would always, yeah, he would just, like, argue with me, and I'm like, okay, it's not worth it. He just doesn't get it. Um, hopefully, you know, that seed fell somewhere, and maybe he'll, one day he'll realize it. But good character, good friends, good character. Do we have people surrounded around us with good character? And what does that look like for the life of a believer? In the life of a believer, we are supposed to have fruit in our life. When Jesus walked about, uh, uh, the, by the fig tree, he cursed it because it had no fruit. God is looking for people who have good fruit in their life. And that's why I love this church. Is because ever since we've been planted here, fruit have come out of our life. Not only that, but I've seen it. I, I've been to many, many different churches, and I've never been to a church like this where so many people have so many good fruit in their life. And for those of you who, who maybe don't understand what I mean by fruits, it's the fruits of the Spirit of God. When, when you've been filled with the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit will give you the, the, the ability to live right and be in good standing with God. And out of that, as you walk with God, there's going to be fruit that come out like joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control, these are the things that that are going to come out of your life. That's character. That's character, great character. So I'm thankful for people that are surrounded around me that have good character. We all need it. We all need that in our life. My third point is, good friends lead you to Jesus. Jesus. Good friends lead you to Jesus. I remember this one time a couple years ago where Lori and I had a fight. Now, in marriage, you have tons of fights, and most of them you don't even remember. Sometimes they're a day before, and you don't even know what you were arguing about. Sometimes you're fighting, and you still don't even know what you're arguing about. You're like, why are we mad at each other? I don't get it. <laughs> So to me, that's probably one of these fights because I have no clue what it was about. Uh, trust me, I will be honest and, and transparent in this moment, but I have no clue what it was about. <laughs> so we had this fight. And it, it, I, I'm not with Lori at the time. I'm in a, I'm in a house with my friends. And this, ha, this has left a lasting impression on me because they knew we're, we're having some friction going through it. And they say, oh, let's pray, let's pray. So we all get in a circle, hold hands. And each and every one of them literally p- spoke a word over me and prayed for me. Even from the children, their children, pray for me. And that made a huge difference in that moment. Just knowing, you know what, I got friends around me that are leading me to Jesus. And it's not just for the first time where you come to Jesus. I mean, yes, that, that's good friends lead you to Jesus in that way too, but... Do good friends lead you to Jesus in every season, every circumstance? Do they point you back to the cross? Good friends lead you to Jesus. And, and Pastor Mike actually shared this story, but I'm going to go over it again. That's how I know the spirit is moving because, I mean, talk about the paralyzed man with the friends, right? <laughs> so they were in Capernaum, and Jesus is, is teaching in the house. You guys heard it's jam-packed. You know, there's overflow, people trying to get in. And I'm trying to picture this scene. I imagine it being just crazy hectic. Now, something like this would not probably fly in modern times because people freak out by how many people are surrounded around each other. (laughs) But this was going on in Jesus' time. And the paralyzed man's on a sleeping mat on a stretcher. And like Pastor Mike was saying, who knows? We don't know if he wanted to be healed. We don't know that. All we knew is there was friends around them that wanted him to be healed and had the faith to believe that it could happen. So they're, they're, they're taking him there, and I could just imagine people looking around and saying, man, what, like, what's going on here? You know, it was probably a distraction. And I, I can't even imagine how they would even get him up to the roof. Like, how did they do it? Did someone jump on the roof and, like, pull him up, you know? Or did they just throw him on the roof? Like... Who knows how it happened? But it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what the crowd had to say. Do you have friends that don't even care about what the crowds have to say? That's an obstacle, right? It's like, oh, man, people are going to think I'm crazy. Let's, let's, not, let's just put them down here and just leave. It's already packed out. Good friends don't do that. Good friends say, hey, I'm going to get you to Jesus no matter what it takes, because I love you. So we know that he, he gets to the feet of Jesus, and Jesus heals, um, forgives his sins first. But you know there was no sickness before the fall of man. That came after. Sometimes sin and, and sickness could be attached, flow through. And God wants to, when you come into Christ, he forgives all your sins. So he gets to the feet of Jesus. The miracle happens. So incredible. And this is what I love about our church is that we're a church that believes in miracles. That miracles still happen to Dave. I've experienced in our own life personal miracles, but I've seen it in the life of others. And actually there was a a recent post. And I know probably some of you guys seen this, but I just thought it was incredible. So I'll share it. It was um, uh, someone that came to our church who was given 30 days to live. 30 days to live, but the church got around him. Pastor John Heinrichs prayed for him. And the thing about this is when he met with the doctor, the doctor told him, obviously, you only have this much time to live. And he's like, you know what? I respect you, I respect your profession and what you do, but I believe in a God that heals and does miracles. I believe in a God that still performs miracles, just like the song was the miracle worker. Those were powerful songs. And you probably know where I'm going with this, but he was actually healed. God removed the cancer from his life. 30 days to live to no cancer anymore. Now he's running his own organization where where he's helping out the people who are dealing with cancer. So God is using them in that realm. See, what was meant to kill you, God wants to use that for victory in your life. What was meant to take you out? God is going to use that very same thing to break other people free. To break other people free of things. That's the power of God and how God works in our lives. Good friends, good character. Good friends, good character. You know what? All this is These thoughts are, are, are great thoughts, but you know what? It means nothing if you don't have the company of God in your life, the company of the Holy Spirit in your life. All of that means nothing. Jesus says in John 15, 15, he says, you know, I I no longer call you servants, but I call you friend. God wants to be your friend. He wants a relationship with you. The company of the Holy Spirit, no matter what you go through in life, the Holy Spirit is there. No matter what situation or season you find yourself, God is there and he's able to pick you up and save. God's hand is not too short that he cannot reach and pull you out of any hole you've ever been in. That's the type of God we serve. I've never made, made a regretted this decision to follow Jesus, never in my life. I've been around Christianity a long time since I was a little boy. And I've been in the church, however, as a teenager is when I really made the decision to commit my life to God. And say, you know what, this is all I want. I'm tired of looking for other things. I'm trying to, tired of trying to fulfill the voids in my life with alcohol or, or just partying or anything like that. I know this is real. I know the power of God is real. And I just want Jesus. So I want to surrender it all to him. 17 years old, I start this journey. I start this journey with God and I've never, never regretted it. If there's someone here today, God wants you to start that journey with him. God wants you to say yes to him in this moment. And I know for a fact that God is moving in the heart of somebody here today. And he say, will you just say yes to me? And maybe for those people that, that have been believers and have been in the church a while or have walked with Christ, but God is challenging you in this moment to just get planted. Get planted in this house. This house has great soil. This is a great place to get planted. And like I said, ever since we got planted, we've, we've just flourished in our life, in every area of our life for the last four years. And these, fa- these last four years have been just incredible in my walk with God. And like I said, I already have been walking with God. But this has been just transformative for me. So I know God is issuing that challenge to someone else today. Get connected. Get connected. It was connection that, that kept us here and it led us. If you just come and attend on Sundays, you're not going to find that connection you really need in your life. That's going to change things for you. So when you go out to the foyer, or it, turn in your green card. Turn in your green card give it back we gave them out for free give it back (laughs) sign up for connect group your life will change I guarantee it you're going to find relationships that are going to be everlasting relationships where people are going to pray for you like they did for me people are going to challenge you to fast people are going to challenge you to prayer go to men's prayer go to women's prayer you're going to find people like that and I guarantee you you will flourish I guarantee you, God has a life for you that is bigger than you can even draw up on your own. God has that life for you. So in this moment, I want everyone to bow their, bow their head, close their eyes. And like I said, all this doesn't matter if you don't have Jesus. All this doesn't matter if you're not filled with His Spirit and His Spirit He's not leading you. All this doesn't matter. So right now in this moment, if, if that's you here today, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that message. If you want to give your life to God, if you want to surrender it all to him, on the count of three, I would just want you to lift up your hand. This is This is a free gift. This is what God wants to give you. This is what he has for you. Just receive it in this moment. So on the count of three, just lift up your hand. One, two, three, go. Thank you over here. Thank you, Jesus. God is moving in this place. Thank you over there. Wow. Incredible. This is a moment in your life that you will never forget. Because this is the moment where everything changes in your life. I want everybody to just stand up now. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're sitting next to somebody that raised their hand, in a moment I want you to bring them up. Support them in this moment in this decision that they've made. And I want to pray with you guys here in the altar. And we're going to have our ministry team just come by, you guys. But for those people, there's a few people who responded. I want you to come up. So can we all put our hands together as those people come up to the front? Come on. Come on, let's give them a hand as they come up to the front. There's no shame in this. This is such a powerful moment in their lives. So come up to the front. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for responding. Come on. God is good. God is good. Come on. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I want all of us as a church family to just get around them and and say this prayer together. We're doing this together. Thank you so much. What's your name? Guys, so much for responding. Thank you, guys, so much. So, let's pray with them, church. Everyone, just repeat after me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you would send your son on a rescue mission for my soul. I believe Jesus died for my sins, that His blood covers them all. And today, I've made a decision to live for him for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name.